and everybody sees, oh, I guess that dad missed the drop-off time. I guess you know he couldn't get Zach together and get the kids on time. And so I think that that's where my ego starts jumping in. That's where my stress comes out. My all oh my like I, sweat, I start sweating when that that time gets closer and closer to that 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 deadline. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. All right, welcome to the Capable Dads podcast. Uh, today's episode, we'll be talking about the truth of life, love, and little ones. Uh, so the first thing uh, I want to kind of bring up with you guys is talking about what um, it was like before having kids. What was life like before you guys had kids in terms of work and kind of going out, having a relationship with your, your, your spouse and all that? How do you say it? Like, I, I, I was a homebody. Yeah. Right? Um, we love spending time sitting on the couch, watching our TV shows back then. Um, we had a dog. Yeah. That was like the most of our responsibilities. You know, it was very routine, very easy. I'm sure that that was like for every one of us where we could just get up and go. Yeah. You know, signing up for like new gym classes. It's like we didn't have to worry too much. Um, you know, waking up at eight to get out the door by eight ten, that was amazing. <laughs> I didn't really utilize my time properly when I was before you had kids. Before I yeah, had, I think there's like efficiency and all that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like yeah, for me, life was a lot more carefree. Um, you could, you know, you had a lot more luxury to do what you want and spend your time uh, wisely or poorly. You know, it felt, you know, in hindsight, maybe a bit more poorly and a bit less wisely than I, I would have hoped. But uh, it was great. You know, I enjoyed traveling and doing a lot of activities with my wife. Yes, and, yes, and, the traveling. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was easy and it was it was simple in, in terms, right? Yeah, no, the traveling is a huge part. I think for, for us, we traveling was a huge part of our relationship. We, when we met, we met right before we traveled, right? Like I moved on to Australia two weeks after we met and uh, pretty much there it was like, you know, we backpacked. We came back to okay. Toronto and then anytime we can get a chance to get away from the city, we did, whether it's local versus international. And that was one of the biggest, I think, um, changes for us was before we had kids, literally be like, hey, do you want to go somewhere this weekend? Sure. Let's look it up, look it up online, find a package that we can do. Um, we would do an all-inclusive trip just okay let's book it out and just gonna go next week um and just go right and didn't have to really think much about it didn't have to and packing you know like you pack for yourself oh man you know, packing is like carry another. on carry on suitcases that was that was pretty much it um and that was you know i think we really took that for granted before we had kids yeah there's a lot more uh for me you know social life and and friends and uh, yeah. sports involved and you, know, yes. you, you could meet up with uh, a lot of people at different times and connect and uh, enjoy that. But, uh, you know, your time becomes much more valuable uh, after having kids. Yeah. I mean, like, even when you go out, it's like, you know, I got to be home a certain time, number one, either because of childcare or I know the kids are going to be up early in the morning. So I got to get some sleep. I can't come. I can't come at three in the morning, four in the morning and then be able, be able to function at, you know, 7 a.m. when they wake up or 6 a.m. when they wake up. Did you guys do any pre-events or planned anything saying, hey, we're single, we don't have kids or responsibilities right now, let's do this first before all that wave comes and hits? Like intentionally? Yeah. Not really. No. Unfortunately not. I, 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 that would have required me having a good, uh, 
you know, a little bit more forethought of like what was to come. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of, uh, I don't know if I was intentional enough about, you know, the timelines and mm. of certain events happening. So I wasn't necessarily planning around the events of having kids. So we picked a hard. couple of trips. Uh, we did um, the Inca Trail yeah. In, yeah. In, Peru. in Peru and we did uh, Tibet oh, and cool. we did like, and they were pretty long. I think they were like two weeks in Peru and, a, and the Tibet trip was actually like a month long trip in Asia and we specifically picked kind of these more off the beaten path um, more adventurous trips right because we know we want to do it and we're able-bodied back then of course and not that you're not now but no well sometimes (laughs) but we were we were in pretty good shape yeah right and we we did that specifically knowing we won't be able to have that opportunity when the kids are around and when the kids are able to do this, maybe we won't be yeah. <laughs> available, right? So that's that's something that I'm glad I did proactively, right? Right. And we consciously decided to do something a little bit more tougher because we didn't have kids. It's interesting because I'm, you know, I'm thinking it requires a lot of intention to do that. I think for us, number one, we didn't really know when we were going to have kids. Um, and so the idea of planning any events or trips, something like that before we had kids, I, I don't, I just don't think, at least for me, I can't speak hundred percent on behalf of my wife, but at least for me, I didn't know exactly when we would have kids. And when we, once we did decide to have kids, it all, um, came pretty quick. You know, like it was like, you know, all my family members that were, you know, my, my, my siblings having kids and then our friends having kids, it all kind of happened pretty quickly over the span of like 12 months. Um, and so, like, by that point, we're just like, okay, well, I guess we're having kids now. I guess, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and not to say that you know it, it was unexpected. It was we we did plan on having kids, and it was intentional that we had kids. Um, but the idea of you know two years prior, three years prior, we weren't really thinking about what do I want to accomplish in these two years before we have kids. It was very much like we're, we're we don't have kids. Let's just do this, and then whatever happens when we have kids, we're just gonna go with the flow. So uh, I guess the message to all the young dads or, uh, you know, soon to be dads is, you know, take advantage of the time, plan, plan some, uh, plan some pretty uh, strategic adventures beforehand, right? Well, if they already know they're being dads, it's kind of a little too late. Yeah. It's in your horizon, right? You if, you, if you have a serious spouse. Have you guys heard of the baby moon? Yeah, for sure. Right. But that's like, you're, 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 you're getting like, that's your last chance to do something, right? So like, yeah. You, your your partner is like yeah like you're you're about to pop so like you know at that yeah. point it's kind of like you know just whatever you can actually do whatever you're capable of doing during that time mm-hmm. yeah my, my wife actually got pregnant in between our wedding and uh, our actual honeymoon so she was actually um, she was pregnant when we did it so yeah yeah, yeah it was pretty oh. it all happened pretty quick there you go baby and honeymoon yeah same I remember time. being quite pregnant in a bathing suit on the Galapagos so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's good cool trip though how. How long were your relationships with your significant others before kids? Oh, good one. Um, for me, I met her in 2008, right after school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had our first kid in 2014. So just six years, thereabouts. So from meeting to having kids was six years. Yeah. 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 Ours was, so we met in 2008. Um, our first kid was 2017. So nine, nine years. Nine years nine from years. meeting to to having kids yeah I met Karen first year university was that right. 2000 yeah I didn't have kids till what 2013 
13 so years. 13 years <laughs> yeah <laughs> from dating to marriage to having kids so we had a lot of time yeah i don't feel like we rushed into anything clearly right mm-hmm. we, were, we were together nine years before we had kids we got married after uh four years of being together so we even had five years of marriage you know with four years of dating five years of marriage before we actually had our first kid so i do feel that we had an abundance of time together um as a couple before we had kids so this, this question always comes up um between my wife and i is do we miss not like do we miss the time before we had kids will we ever go back to that time because some a lot of people talk about a lot of people say like you know man before we had kids it was so great i wish you know i wish i can go back to that time and re-experience all that again but when you really think about it, like is there do you guys actually miss it let me think <laughs> Think carefully. Keep being recorded. <laughs> your, your wife's going to listen to this eventually. <laughs> Before, I used to love just having a block of time with nothing set in it, right? Yeah. But now I kind of like the organization. Now I kind of like having stuff written on the family calendar. Like, there's something to look forward to. Right. Right. And I kind of like this more than what I was doing before. Yeah, that's great. Pre-kids, it was it was a lot of fun. It, it was great. It had its place in my life when I was younger. Um, but I think this phase is actually more enjoyable, uh, a lot more rewarding. And it's actually, I enjoy it a lot more than that phase, even right. though it's very different and very challenging. Yeah. Um, a lot more tiring as well. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, I don't really miss it at all because it's been replaced with something that's, for me, better. Um, yeah. So, you know, I love spending time with the kids. And, and yeah, and, that, and that's, I, I, I completely agree with you guys. I feel exactly the same way. I mean, I think that's probably the reason why we got together to do this podcast is because we really enjoy parenting. We really enjoy the life that we have right now with our kids. Um, but are we talking about our situation at this level with the kids? Because there's stuff I definitely don't miss when the kids were a lot younger, right? The late night uh, feedings, all those little things I don't miss. But now that I have like my mornings back, now that I am able to kind of sleep in, it's a lot easier (laughs) to look back on that. But, but But that's why it's so much more enjoyable now, right? Because you you went through the trenches, you went through, you know, that dark time of just like zero sleep, exhaustion, yes, all the function, you survived it. And now you're at the stage where like, it's just, it's great. Right? It gets better guys. It does. <laughs> no, I'm great. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's clear. We, we, we clearly live, um, the life of parenting without regret. And, uh, I think, you know, none of us really look back and think, man, I, you know, I regret having kids or anything like that. And I think that's a, that's a huge win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely, definitely don't regret having kids. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that clear. Yeah, for the record. (laughs) No. (laughs) Now that we all have kids, how has that affected our relationships? How have you guys found having kids has changed that? My social circle has shrunk dramatically since having kids. And that's by choice. It's not because of the kids themselves. Um you know, I, I kind of shrunk my social circle to be with those who I care about and who, those who I want to hang out with. And it kind of coincided with having a kid. So it was kind of like an excuse to a point, right? Where I think you're less social, but those bonds are a lot stronger. 
yeah, I mean, your time is so valuable at this point, right? That you have to, you really have to be selective of who you're actually giving your time to. Mm-hmm. So the people who actually probably matter the more most to you and that are most relevant to your life at that moment probably get the most of your time. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You uh, very uh, strategically uh, punted the the, uh, the discussion about uh, your spouse. So uh, maybe I can dive in there and you know, talk, talk about, obviously, it, it has a dramatic impact on, on your uh, uh, your relationship with your partner. I mean, right. you know, the, you both go through very different things through raising children, right? So physically, mentally, emotionally, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff to unpack there. And, and all of that changes. You know, one of the main things that I've noticed or, you know, one thing that I found has to had to really change with... Uh, uh, my partner is is our communication. Um, totally, it's you know, pre kids, you're you're free. You have a lot of flexibility. There's not nearly as many worries, and you both have flexible schedules. You can kind of do what you'd need to whenever you need to. Um, but when you have kids, they're into the equation. Um, you know, there's there's a lot more tasks at hand, and you have to make sure that you're communicating and. Um, divvying up responsibilities and tasks and, and making sure there's no gaps in what's happening. And, you know, sometimes we fail at that and it's really stressful. So that, that you know, puts a lot of uh, weight on the actual relationship and it can strain it. And that strain comes out in different ways, you know. So some people sometimes say that marriage and having kids, it's like running a small business. That sometimes can be hard, right? Because do you, do you view your family slash your spouse as a romantic partner? Do you view them as a working partner? And I feel sometimes it can get blurred sometimes where there's so many tasks on hand. You're, you know, you know who's in charge of what? What's the, uh, what's the responsibility on who and, and, and all that? So do you guys ever feel that you know, your house almost feels like a business rather than a relationship sometimes? Yeah, I definitely uh, sometimes feel that it becomes a business. I mean, we have a, a running joke that if it if it feels too much like that, I can give my my wife props as I leave the house. And, <laughs> no, that's never received very well, fellas. That's uh, uh, maybe a passive aggressive way of getting your point across. <laughs> maybe maybe pretty overt, but um, yeah, no, it's definitely a balance. I mean, when you're just going through and you uh, you know you're both struggling to just. Uh, keep the family economics in check that, uh, you know, the rela- there's the relationship seems to fall wayside. Um, so that, that's obviously a challenge that we've struggled with as well, but something where I, I think we're getting better at dealing with and working through. And as the kids age, it's a bit easier as well, which is great. So Karen works for uh, a large bank. So she's into the whole corporate lifestyle and for her, her income is pretty steady. Whereas for me, mine fluctuates with the season, or back then it did. And she was constantly very nervous about that. She's mm-hmm. always asking, hey, how, how's your sales? How's your income? <laughs> Do, are, are we anything big coming down the pipeline? Just because just she's, she's not used to it, right? right. And even, even now, she's, she's not used to it. Are right? you talking about this before or after kids or both? Both. Yeah. Both. It's it's stuff like that where she just needs to be in the loop of how I'm doing professionally so she can manage herself a little bit better. Karen's a very financially focused person because right. she works at a bank. Of course. She has to be. Um, so there are times like that it did feel like that. Right. right? And it did affect it up. 
affect us a lot. Uh, we had a lot of fights about it. I was kind of afraid to tell her, hey, this is going to be a slow month, mm-hmm. right? I would have to like make some stuff up right. and and kind of say, oh, I'm sorry, we, we lost that. You know, you know, that order didn't come through, right? And it was hard. It totally. Was, it was hard for me to bring that to the table and and upset her. Right. So, but... She didn't care. Like at the end of the day, she just wanted to be part of the conversation, be on the same page. Right. Right. She didn't, she knew about the ups and downs, but she, she just didn't want to be gaslit. Yeah. I think, I mean, just being aware, knowing the situation so you can anticipate it, mentally prepare for whatever it is. If it's going to be a struggle, okay, it's going to be a struggle, but at least I know we're heading into a struggle and it's not catching them by surprise. I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really important for everybody. Yeah, I think that just managing expectations and, and one thing that it takes a really uh, nuanced approach is understanding what your partner is going to care about. And that takes sure. like years of meshing together to be like, it oh, does. this is something that they care about that's going to affect them. So yeah. I got to do a really good job of telling them about how it's going, whether good or bad. I mean, you right. got to keep, especially when it's bad. If everything's well, good, it's like, right. and you then, don't have and, to tell and, them anything. I, but I think that's probably one of the issues that I have is that I, I often internalize a lot of my thoughts and I just keep it to myself. Mm. Whether it's I feel like it's my responsibility, it's my burden, I should deal with myself. I, a lot of things just kind of I keep into my own head, and that does kind of cause conflict between me and my wife because it you, you break down that communication. Like you, you know, she wants to know what I'm thinking, but I'm not communicating that well. And then worst case scenario is something bad happens, and I could have vocalized and we could have worked as a team together to to face it together. Whereas I put all the responsibility on myself and. You know, afterwards, you know, she'd be like, "Well, I could have helped you with that. I could have been there to support you. We could have done it together, and maybe, maybe we could have avoided it if we did it together." And so, I think it's yeah, it's hundred percent super important to kind of keep that transparency between you and your partner because you, you are partners, and it and that's that's what the, where the small business is. Like, you guys are partners in this business, and mm-hmm. to succeed in this mm-hmm. business, you know, uh, everyone should be open with each other, so everybody totally. knows you know, you know they're on the same page. Yeah, that communication was hard to. To learn you know yeah. like it I don't know why I couldn't just let her in on on how we were doing right um, good times bad I mean like good times yeah I was singing about it sure. but then the bad times I just kind of clammed up right and that's all she wanted to know she just wanted to know it's like hey how how are we doing yeah and she just wants to be truthful how much do you think of that was like you know your own personal ego or whatever it is that oh makes- dude that was, that's 100 percent ego yeah right like i didn't i felt like a lot of pressure and i'm sure a lot of dads do right like i have to provide i right. have to this and that and yeah. all she wants is you know just honesty and time yeah because i mean i think in, in any business i think there's certain things that um you want to save face for, you know, there's something you want, there's a reputation you want to uphold in a business, right? Cause you're, mm-hmm. you're, um, you know, there's a brand that you're trying to sell and all that where you don't, you don't really have that with your partner. You know, you're not trying to sell anything to your partner anymore. You know, your partner agreed to be with you and, you know, through good times and bad times, like they're there. So you don't, you, that pressure should be alleviated, but I, I get it. You know, I think we all feel the same way. Like we sometimes feel a pressure to, um, provide and, and all that and if, if we are struggling it's sometimes hard to be okay with that and accept that mm-hmm. 
I guess the next natural thing to talk about is how, how have we been dividing it up? The morning routine, the bedtime routine. How have you guys navigated that? That's exactly what you say. We have to make a routine out of it, right? right. There's no more spontaneousness. There's no more, uh, you know, just get up and go. Everybody has to have uh, a schedule. Everybody has to have their own responsibility, right? Like the morning routine for me, when I had uh, the kids and I was at home, I had, I think, five or six different alarms set for me <laughs> on my phone. And as soon as the first one goes off, okay, you have to be done breakfast by then. Right? The second one, okay, you have to have your teeth brushed by then. That was the only way to keep them moving, right? Totally. Like if, there's, if there's nothing to aim, they would just drag their feet yeah. and not realize what time it is, right? Because right. that was my job, yeah. right? Their job is just to like try to get that small task done. Yeah, you got to be very, very intentional about what you need to get done. And I mean, it's something that continuously changes, you know, having uh, having three kids and trying to get the, the, the needs of each one of them at different times. And it's not just, right. you know, the brushing the teeth, combing the hair, getting yeah. them dressed, all these different things. There's there's usually some emotional tending, yes. you know, to, to <laughs> make sure that they're all moving and, you know, they're not upset about different things. And, you know, just trying to figure all that stuff out. I mean, the, the big thing is trying to understand it first. Um, like what are the key things you need to do to get it uh, to get to what you to get to your goal whether that's out the house on time or you know to a sports game on time or right. you know something like get through the grocery store with your kids on time just understanding it then communicating it with each other yeah um, you go grocery shopping with your kids yeah yeah you, you usually end yeah. up with like uh, <laughs> some extra stuff in the cart uh, <laughs> you know you gotta give it's a bit of a negotiation you gotta give and take a tiny bit yeah so but uh, I, I gave up grocery shopping with kids did you yeah. karen's even given up grocery shopping with me because yeah. i dragged my feet i'm There's surprised you guys so much right yeah yeah but uh yeah the communication is has been the key thing i think that you really need to that i've really tried to focus on and i, I mean sometimes it's if you don't feel like you know what's going on either you got to make sure you ask and, and vice versa for your yeah. partner you got to make sure you both have a, a good good idea of the game plan and how it's like going to unfold otherwise you know one of you could be frustrated about you know how everything's unraveling right and it's um it, it changes from day to day too depending yeah. on what we're doing like one of us will go exercise one morning the other yeah. you know we'll exercise the other morning and then we have to like swap who's yeah. doing what tasks and as long as we understand like oh you're doing this you're going to be back at what time then i i need to pick up xyz to make this happen yeah um so it takes like a really de detailed like understanding of how the, the morning is going to unravel which right you know, it just takes practice too, which we're getting yeah. better at, which is great. So it's, it was pretty stressful first. Yeah, know, it's interesting. Figuring um, it out. I think for me, it was, I think my wife saw a, a version of me that she had never seen before when we had kids in the morning routine and all that. You know, I think when we first got together, um, I was viewed as somebody who was pretty easygoing, chill, nothing kind of stresses me on things like that. And then when we had kids and that morning routine, that, that, that span between, you know, 7 a.m. and 8 a.m., you know, getting them up, getting breakfast, school and all that, that brought out a, a version of me that I don't think my wife had ever seen before. And the way I, I, we describe it now is it's, it's very militaristic, very much like commands, orders, um, do this, brush your teeth, get dressed, go downstairs, have breakfast, put your coat on, put your shoes on. And it's, um, 
the way I communicate um, is very different because I, I would never say that to my partner, right? Like I would never order my wife around saying, do this, do that. But, you know, um, when we had kids and she, she hears me saying and speaking that way, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was alarming to her. It was just like, oh, I've I've never, you know, I didn't, I didn't know the side of you. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I recognize that your, your upbringing was very scheduled and very routine and all that, but, um, to, to witness that that's how I communicated when I'm under stress. And, um, that was something I really had to check on myself because I'm like, I got, I, there's a certain point where I have to acknowledge that maybe the way I'm communicating to my kids isn't, isn't the best way. You know, I, do I really want to create an environment where the kids are like following orders and, um, and just, and just like listening to dad, otherwise I'm going to get in trouble. Right. Um, and that's, I think one of the things I really had to check myself on with this whole morning routine situation. Um, because I, you know, again, this is my first time going through it with kids and, and, uh, and kind of, uh, trying to get them out the door, get them to school, make sure they don't miss, you know, the, the bell and all that. And so, uh, that was probably one of the challenging, one more challenging things for me. Yeah. I have uh, similar tendencies uh, to you as well, Caesar. It's yeah. like, in, you know, strategizing different ways to communicate with them and, you know, try to, uh, get them to cooperate and, you know, collaborate, I guess, on the, on the same goal that we both have. It's right. like neither, they, they don't want to be late. You don't want to be late. Yep. You know, how do how do we get through this in the morning? Right. So totally. You know, um, it, it's a uh, pretty challenging. I'm telling you guys that alarm thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's the go-to. Yeah, and, and here's the trick: it's not just a regular alarm. Yeah, it's it's the Zelda theme. There you it's go. the Mario theme. It's yeah. it's oh, like it's it like fun. you made yeah. it fun, right? Yeah. So yeah, no, to me, it's like it's because it's it's that it's that you know the Pavlov's dog thing. You know, they they hear the bell and they think, okay, that's what I need to do. I I was picturing uh, like an air horn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the bomb sirens. <laughs> yeah. No, we should, oh, yeah. no, we yeah, like I. Because before that, it was me yelling at them yeah. very forcefully. Let's go, guys. What's going on? Right. Yeah. yeah. And and that stressed me out. That stressed him out. And, yeah. And I'm like, why? Why does it have to be stressful? Right. How yeah. do I gamify this? You right. know. Yeah. So that That's smart. That's great. The other the other thing that I like dawned on me uh, a little while back was you know if the kids are being late, it's because I'm not planning the process right properly. Yeah. And it's. You know, it's on me. Yeah. It's not on the kids. Whether it's getting up five minutes earlier, yeah. whether it's, you know. Whatever it is, yeah. right? Like, it's usually about, okay, they, you know, they're not going to move at the same pace that an adult will move going through, like, you know, you can get dressed, brush your teeth, comb your hair, wash yeah. your face, get yeah. out the door. Like, they're yeah. not going to do that in five minutes. Right. If they need to. Exactly. You know, it takes some time and you got to go through and help each one of them. Yeah. So, you know, obviously starting earlier is, uh, you know, pretty self-explanatory. It's, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's, that's that's one of the key steps, right? But I want to flip it as well. Like, we put so much pressure on ourselves, especially the morning rush, that if we fail, it's not the end of the world, right? If we fail, okay, just go to, I just have to drive them. I just have to go in and get a, a late slip for them. Right. Right? Yeah. You're right. It's not. It's not the end of the world. I think it comes back to the whole ego situation. I think for me, it's so if they're late, and they miss whenever the time that the drop off is. You're you. You have to stand in the regular line to get up to get into the school. And um, to me, there's a bit. Of, so okay. So my kids are in before and after care. So I drop them off in the morning and then um, come closer to the, the school starting. 
they get brought to their classroom and all that. There's a certain point, especially in the winter, if you drop them off past a certain time, they close the door. You can't drop them off anymore. And there's a gap between that time and the beginning of school by about like 20 minutes or so. Mm. And so if I miss that, now, okay, now, now I'm, I've rushed, they've locked the door, I can't get in, now I have to stand outside for the next 20 minutes waiting for the school to open up for regular school. And I think that gap, that 20 minutes of me standing with my kid outside the school like, in the cold, it's, it's shameful. It's a shame. You know, yeah. it's kind of like I'm standing there, like I'm like, we're all, you know, just standing there and yeah. just, you know, yeah. waiting for the doors to open and there's nobody mean, else around. Do you mean yeah. waiting with the rest of the people that aren't? Well, they don't come, in, they don't come till actual school start. Yeah. So there's that 20 minute gap where you're by yourself standing outside the school door waiting for that door to open up to when everyone else eventually shows up. And so I think that shame to me was like unacceptable, right? Oh, really? And that's my ego. That's my ego talking that I don't want to be caught standing outside this door. Um, and everybody sees, oh, I guess that dad missed the drop-off time. I guess, you know, he couldn't get Zach together and get the kids on time. And so I think that that's where my ego starts jumping in. That's where my stress comes out. My all my like my sweat I start sweating when that, that time gets closer and closer to that 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 deadline. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of unpacking to do. I know. Seriously, talking about the shame in me, eh? I, I, I was about to say, I don't think that's I mean, maybe that's a positive shame. It, um, I don't know if that's psychologically a you know, term that's used, but uh, you know, that's shame driving you to do something that's you know, genuinely pretty right. good, like being punctual and on time. It seems yeah. like a, a positive outcome. Right. You know, I think where it would be cut, like, but there's got to be a bit of flexibility with obviously, you know, you're going to have some bad days and off days and you're going to be late. And you know, yeah. if that happens one or two times out of 100, 100 days, it's not the end of the world. But if it starts to become a problem, then you have to you know, maybe it. kick it in. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, you know, there's balance and and how much it can happen, right? Yeah, totally. Um, so if we're staying on the theme of balance, um, let's talk about our individual lives. You know, I think we all have our own interests and we have our own hobbies and things like that. And you know, obviously, before we had kids, we had we had the freedom and luxury to do whatever we wanted, whether it's sports, whether it's any kind of interests or hobbies that we have. How's that been affected since you guys have had kids? To a, a lot lesser extent, I think. It, yeah. uh, you know, it's I think it's really important that you do keep some of that in your life. Um, obviously, it, uh, you can't do it to the same extent that you did previously. But uh, you know, maintaining you know some semblance of uh, yourself and individuality is really important to bring to your your family. I think. That uh, you know, just trying to like squeeze in little bits of scheduling, or you know, uh, scheduling time to do some exercise or extracurriculars or whatever it may be that you know you enjoy. Yeah. It's important to kind of squeeze that into your day, however that may like, however that may be, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you 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 kind of have to have a hobby to be sane. Like I know we're all dads, and dads is kind of like the label we put in the forefront. But you you need to be you sometimes right. without the kids hanging off your shoulder. So for me, my thing is automotive, mm-hmm. right? And I was lucky enough to be able to uh, purchase a car that I deeply love uh, a long time ago, before the kids. And I had to put that away when the kids came along. I had to sit on that for, I think, the first... Was he now? The first like six or seven years, I I I didn't really do much, right? It just sat in the garage collecting dust, 
I would probably take it out, dude, like once a year. And I would cry about it. And I would like go sit in it making、uh, engine noises in the dark. Actually, eh? <laughs> yeah, I'm not proud to、uh, admit that. But no, yeah, that's nothing it's, wrong with that. Right? It is,、uh, it is what it is, right? <laughs> but now that I'm a little bit financially better off, and now that the kids are.、Um, Older and, and don't need my attention that much, I'm able to kind of refocus that back into it. And it's kind of like、uh, a second wave, you know? Like I'm, I'm finding I have a lot more time to be involved in the community, in the group. We have a dad 7 30 a.m. Sunday morning car meet. I took him to one that happened at night, and he,、mm-hmm. he got this whole like, Fast and Furious vibe. <laughs> It was a pretty big car meet. Yeah. And he got super excited and、awesome. he wants to go to more. Right. Right. So if, if you could share your hobby with kids, I think that's how you kind of kill two birds with one stone. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a huge point, I think.、Um, so there's two things you talked about that I,、um, I want to follow up on that. So one is the time. So it took, you know, you had six or seven years. Of that absence, of that passion of yours, right? And I think、mm-hmm. that a lot of times takes a toll on、um, someone's mental health. You know, something, something that they're passionate about, something that they, you know, that's what they loved. That's what they loved doing. And to put on pause for six to seven years,、um, that, that's really hard.、Um, so I think acknowledging that it's important for us to remember our, our identities before and also after having kids,、um, it's, it's, it's important to kind of. Maintain、um, our interests and our, our hobbies and all that.、Um, and the second thing you mentioned is、uh, you sharing this with your kid, right? I think, you know, we're dads and that's why our kids see us as, see us as, da- as their dads.、Um, but when they really see who we really are, and a lot of times our hobbies really kind of give us our identity or gives us at least an, an impression to our kids of where do we come from? Why do we think the way we think? Why do we do the things that we do? You know,、um, what matters to us、uh, is, is going to be the things that we're interested in, things we have passion about. And that's usually our hobbies. And I think for me, for sure, so I had a similar kind of gap, you know, six, six, seven years of like pretty much stopping cold turkey on all my hobbies when the kids were first born. Didn't really have time for it. And then I kind of slowly, slowly dabbled a little bit here and there, but just not, not enough to really satisfy that hunger I had for my、mm-hmm. passions. In the last couple of years, I really said, you know what, I'm just going to go back because it means so much to me. You know, whether it's the sports that I do, whether it's,、um, you know, music or, or, or whatnot. And me going back to my activities,、um, when my kids see me doing it, whether it's the sports that I do or whatever, they, they look at me and say, oh, dad, I, I didn't realize that this is, you know, you love this so much, you have so much passion. And then they start developing an interest. They want to start learning. And that gives you an ability to connect with them and share that experience with them. Um, and it, I think it really kind of really solidifies that relationship with your kid. Yeah, it's, it's a golden arrow if you can start to develop some of those uh, uh, you know, ha- habits and hobbies with them and actually develop something that you both like, mutually enjoy. Yeah. And it's,、uh, that's, a, that's a win win. For sure. I mean, I think it helps them understand you as an individual too, right? It's, you know, again, we're seen as dads with our kids, but for kids to understand why are we the type of dad that we are? Why, are we, why do we say the things we say? and Teach them the things,、uh, teaching them our values. Like, where do these values come from? And I think a lot of that comes from 
our passion, our interest, and all that. We'll have to, we'll have to show them the Simpsons so they get some of our uh, references, <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, the, the other the other thing on that too is that um, I, I used to do a lot of camping and, and really enjoyed it. And you know, when I, when I would didn't have kids, I'd be able to push it really aggressively and. and um, try to challenge myself about how far I could go. I didn't really lose that passion with the kids, but I've, I've integrated them into it, but I've definitely had to adapt right. um, that type of camping. It's not yes. something about going as, as hard and fast and right. tra- seeing how much distance you can travel in a canoe. It's about, yeah. okay, let's do something that the kids are going to enjoy and try to take it in at a different pace and right. you know make sure they're enjoying it and um, you know interacting with it. And it's really pleasant to see them interacting with it. But you do have to, you know, it changes some maybe it can you can modify something that you really really like to totally. to engage with them as well and i see a lot of dads doing it as well um, with uh, teaching different sports soccer baseball a whole bunch of different <laughs> things it's a way to get involved with the kid and you know bring them do it at their level and their speed and still be involved quite a bit so yeah. i think that's how about this let's let's flip it we're always talking about our kids doing stuff that we like to do have you guys done stuff they like to do and like took it like actually take uh interest in it to you know help them develop their interest in it i'll give you an example winter he really got into dungeons and dragons Uh right and i've never really played before hellfire club Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, I love it. He, he didn't watch. Well, he watched like the first episode, like the first season of like Stranger, Stranger Things, Things. Yeah. and that's kind of where it stemmed from. Like I didn't know how to play it. He wanted to play it. I'm like, okay, let's let's find out. Let's see if there's like a kid version. What do you need? And he he gravitated towards it, and I kind of gravitated towards it um, to a point where he like started like a D and D club at school by himself and we had like an offshoot uh, club at our house it it kind of brought me and him closer and it's something we both developed uh an interest in with with zero experience right so do you guys have anything like that something uh similar it's uh you know i I have no passion in baking whatsoever um (laughs) but uh, you know, and I've never really dabbled in baking at all, but uh, one of my daughters really, really enjoys it. So it's something that I do, you know, do with her quite a bit. And all the other kids get in, they make a mess. And anyways, they, they really enjoy it. And the end of it, I enjoyed it too. So it's not something that, you know, I would ever have thought to do on my own, but it's something that I like doing with the kids. So. But you, do you call it as like your hobby too now? Oh, no, certainly not my <laughs> hobby. It wouldn't be as much as a hobby at this point, but that maybe, you know, it's just a fraction of, you know, kind of taking one of their interests and running with it a tiny bit right Mm -hmm. yeah i would say for me i wouldn't say it's a hobby or anything like that but you know my daughter she's she's really developed uh, an interest in dancing and um early in the when i was younger you know those those games came like the dance dance revolution games those kind of video game dancing video games i was very against those games like i was very like avoid doing at all costs I would, when someone asked, "Oh, Caesar, go, go, you go, you go up there," I'm like, "No, I'm, I would never be caught doing it." Oh, okay, okay, okay. And, um, but she loves dancing, right? And she discovered one of these dancing uh, video games. And as much as my instinct was like, "No, I'm not doing this," like I was so against this when I was a young adult, as a teenager, I was like, "Yeah, I was, 
I'm like, you know what, I, I gotta do it. I have to do it for her. And I, I did it and I started enjoying it and I started having a, you know, a great time with her. It was a really chance for us to bond. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's become a thing now that like she loves dancing with me. She loves doing all these things. So, you know, I wouldn't say it's my hobby, but it was, <laughs> it was me. It was, it was a situation where I felt like, you know what, I have to put my pride aside. I have to put my ego aside because I can see how much it means, to, how much it means to her and how much she enjoys it. So I'm going to try and enjoy it with her. And it really opened my eyes to be like, you know what, something that I was, morally against uh, as a kid. Um, now I'm just like, you know, I, I can enjoy it. I open my mind to it. So if anything, I, I should really, you know, show my appreciation to my daughter for opening my eyes to something that I would have never done before, uh, before she came along. Mm. So the next uh, topic I want to talk about was, you know, we you know earlier in the, in the episode, we were talking about having, you know, kids and a family and all that. It's like almost like running a small business. Mm-hmm. And I want to take that conversation kind of to the next level. I was thinking about this. If, if we're thinking about our household with our kids and our spouse and all that is like a small business, what would it be like if we put as much time and effort into building and developing our relationship with our kids and our spouse as we do with our work and our business? Um, what would it look like if we work so hard at our parenting and our, and our home life to get a raise at home, to get promoted at home? Like, what does that even look like? Yeah, I think it's an interesting concept. If you think about all the effort that you put into the job to, you know, be good at your job and, and yeah. be a good employee, you know, showing up on time when you said you're going to do, doing what you, you know, said you're going to do, following deadlines. through, meeting deadlines, yep. you know, being responsible for the things you have to be responsible for. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and prioritizing those quite a bit, making sure that they, you know, you, you allocate the time that you need to do those. Yeah. I mean, if those same principles and, you know, you shift those and you focus those equally on your, your family and your um, your marriage, I think that, that that's that's a great concept to kind of carry forward. Right. Obviously, there's not going to be like a like trophy or, you know, report cards. I mean, you, maybe you could. Well, so that's the thing. So that, that, that's kind of what I, that, the reason why I brought that up is because um, I think with work, you can see the results, whether it's you get a pay raise, so you see your bank account, your bank account's getting more, you get promoted, so you're not, you're, 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 your credentials are, are different now. So you have that, um, that feedback that you're progressing, you're getting better. Where I feel like at home, you, it doesn't, doesn't come like that. It's, got, it's kind of like to me, it's kind of like exercising, right? Like why is, so, why is it so many people find it so hard to be consistent with fitness and exercise? Because it's delayed gratification. You don't see results immediately. You're not going to get a six pack after you know working out two or three times. Mm-hmm. It's you got to work and work and work, and that hope that six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, you're going to get the results that you're going to want to see. And then you shift that to your family life, and the gratification you get is even more delayed. Right? Uh, okay. It's like decades now. You see the fruits of your labor with your kids when they're adults. You know your relationship with them as adults. Um, that's when you see, you know, the effort that you put in when they were younger. You see, that's how, and I, f- I feel like that sometimes can make it really hard for people to um, put that effort in something where they're not going to see results for years, if not decades, kind of thing. Um, and I feel that's sometimes, you know, um, why it's so easy to give up or not put the effort and not even try to begin with. 
and just put put your efforts into something that may actually give you results that give you that satisfaction of improvement when you're when you're uh, giving feedback or helping your child like develop individually even though you, you might not see what they're you know who they're going to be in 25 years there's always like key indicators that you can kind of you get in kpis <laughs> kpis along the way that you can kind of like tune into to be like yeah okay they're they're, they're doing well and you could yeah. like literacy is probably like an easy one to, to right. focus on yes. it's pretty or you know math it's a pretty easy one to like yeah. gauge in, in terms of that but there's probably a whole bunch more on the you know you can maybe touch on to, to try and make it a bit more real and yeah um, bring it back down to the day-to-day right but the delayed gratification is a pretty hard uh um pretty hard mechanism to circumvent right um on a daily basis you do get a lot of that uh, gratification by when you see them smiling and laughing and you know that that's uh that's about as good as it gets right you get a a good dopamine hit from 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 that i think (laughs) totally i I don't know if dopamine is the right one but uh caesar you can (laughs) uh, confirm but uh yeah it's it's pretty rewarding when you you see them having a lot of fun doing an activity that you worked like uh, a whole bunch for or you know you've seen them you know progress and get a skill that they've been trying at and you know you've been helping them a lot so uh, step by step, right? Yeah, and I, I think that's a really interesting. I didn't think about it that way, Brendan. We look for the small wins because I think that's uh, that's something that people can focus on. And I think example that I would have is um, when I when I try to pass a lesson on to my child. So my daughter, let's say, she, so my daughter's the older one, and I try to you know she she does something that I may not approve of. And we, we kind of debrief, we talk about, okay, so maybe you shouldn't have cho- used those words. I mean, what you, what you said was a little bit hurtful and um, maybe next time to, you know, say it differently. And then two weeks later, um, I see her saying the exact same message I passed on to her to my son who was two years younger uh, because my son said something that was hurtful or, or whatnot. And I see that happen. I'm like, oh yeah, like that. that <laughs> like them reflecting the behavior that I wanted to teach them is 100% gratification, yeah. right? It really shows that, yeah, it is paying off. The effort that I'm putting in, the time I'm putting in to, uh, to, to teach them a lesson, they're now, uh, you know, giving that same lesson to their other young one, or I see them do it with their friends, or I hear at a parent-teacher interview, oh, you know, Cesar, I, you know, I, you know, I saw your daughter do this with another kid and um, I just thought that was such a sweet thing I'm like oh my gosh and in my head I'm thinking we talked about that like a month ago and, and mm-hmm. here's someone else witnessing their uh, their actions is actually is quite rewarding that is the best when someone else tells you about your kids mm-hmm. like accomplishments yeah like yeah I get I, I I'm always focused on my kids and what they're doing but when someone else sees it especially like a teacher and and they send you like a little message and say hey yo he's they're they're doing great you know i very appreciate you know this and that i'm over the moon when that happens yeah. i just want to like take them to like the toy store and be like pick something out <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, it's, a good, it's a good feeling right you want a steak for dinner like what do you want you know because it's it's i mean it's it's somebody who's not biased to you like you want to always think that you know your kids the best, and that you know they're doing everything right. But to hear someone else mm-hmm. reflect that back to you is always is, it means so much more. So how about this raise thing, <laughs> right? Do do we get raises? Um, are you guys getting raises? More more vacation time, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah. think about it this way. <laughs> okay, you're, more vacation time. Right? Yeah. Bad, you're right? you're saying now that you know now that the kids are older, you're getting to sleep in more. 
gain a little bit more alone mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. You're oh. able to do oh, more of the activities that you want to do, right? In, in the house. But it's because you put that effort in, mm-hmm. right? You put that effort in when they were whatever, two, three, four years old. Yeah. So that you set a boundary and in a, in, in, in a, in a system that allows for now at this age, yeah. because you kind of started them young, um, that now you're reaping the rewards. You get to sleep that extra hour in the morning. You don't have to fight with them. This, this alarm system allows mm-hmm. them to get ready to get to school on time to make your life a little bit easier. And that's the raise, right? That's the, the raise. The oh, raise is okay. the, you know, how, how, it's, how it's improved your life, right? Not monetary, but it's sometimes more worth than money, right? Well, I mean, this, this past uh, Christmas, I got my first Christmas present from Winter. Oh. Yeah, he actually went out, got my brother to buy me something from Amazon. And I don't know if it was more for me or for him, but he got me a remote control car. That's pretty nice. awesome. So, I, pretty, pretty he thoughtful. Knows yeah, he knows that's you. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's great. He's been playing with it nonstop, but I'm like, yeah, but that's mine. He does <laughs> yeah. ask me when he when before he plays it. Yeah. Though. Do you want to turn? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm yeah. Uh, that's sweet. No, I think the com- there was a common thread through the whole um, discussion. Right, and I think it's all about the growth and finding uh, new ways to be that better person that you have in your mind, right? That uh, determination, that uh, expectation that you have, and the honesty. Right? Yeah, it was a great uh, for me. It was a great reflection point on you know the contrast between pre children and you know with children and now how much richer our lives were and uh having the children around it's it's fantastic even though it's not always easy or simple but uh it's it's a great experience and yeah and i think that i think the takeaway i had was um you know when we're talking about especially when we're talking about how if we were to view you know what it's like to get a raise in the job of parenting um (laughs) seeing the little wins i think you know you know talking about how we've how we enjoy life now is not how it was when the kids were really young, right? And yeah. that's and that's kind of where the reward is, and uh, and we when we reflect on that, we really see the time and the efforts we put into our um, our kids when they were young is really starting to show now. So, all right, good episode, guys. All right, thanks so much. Thanks for the conversation. could be a patreon thing right <laughs> donate a certain amount per month yeah. <laughs> and then Caesar you can get dance. the monthly oh, caesar yeah, dance right. off no way <laughs> i do score very high on my points so just so you know <laughs> so it might be good yeah <laughs>